ثم ارسلنا رسلنا تترا ثم then ارسلنا we sent رسلنا our messengers how تترا in succession what does تترا mean one after the other meaning one came when he left the other came when he left the other came Allah sent messengers how in succession one after the other hundreds and hundreds thousands and thousands of prophets and messengers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent why because people were in need of guidance each time they were in need of guidance Allah sent a messenger and what does that show to us Allah's mercy because if he did not send messengers even that would be fair even that would be fair why how would that be fair because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has equipped us with our senses all right with which we can perceive with which we can understand you see ibrahim alayhi salam what happened he saw the star he saw the sun he saw the moon right and what did he say this is my lord this is my lord this is my lord no it can't be no can't be no can't be and then what happened he said you know what forget all of this i believe in the one who made all of this and made me you see through reflection did he not reach the haq he reached haq right likewise we see at the time of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam there were some people a few individuals who knew that idolatry was not right so they did not commit shirk and what were they known as hunafa hunafa even the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam before prophethood he did not commit shirk you know in a hadith we learn in as-sulhatu sahiha that once the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was heard saying to khadija radhiyallahu anha that by allah i will never worship lat i will never worship uzza by allah i will never do this by allah i will never do that why did he say that because he knew it was not right his aql told him his mind told him that how is it possible that something that has been made by people is god no way in another hadith we learn that once the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam this is before prophethood all right he was doing tawaf with zaid bin haritha who was zaid bin haritha zaid radhiyallahu anhu his adopted son right freed slave adopted son at that time he was his adopted son so he was doing tawaf and zaid radhiyallahu anhu what did he do he touched an idol why because that's what the people would do when you're doing tawaf whatever idols were there in the mataf they would touch the idols all right and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam told him don't do that So what happened Zaid radhiyallahu anhu he said I thought to myself I will do it. And like typical children you know rebellious right everybody does it I'm going to do it. So next time in the next round again he touched an idol and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to him did I not tell you not to do that? Did I not forbid you from this? So what do we see here that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam upon his fitra just using his aql he knew that shirk was not right he knew it was not right he didn't accept it and there are numerous examples of this so if allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not send messengers even that would be fair why because allah has given us enough proofs in our lives in our bodies and in the universe fil afaqi wa fi anfusihim Allah has given us enough reasons to believe in him. 
to recognize him, to find him. So when Allah did send messengers, what was that? What was that then? It was His favor on us. It was His rahmah on us. It is His rahmah on us. That whenever we have been needy of anything, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives it to us. ثُمَّ أَرْسَلْنَا Then we sent رُسُلَنَا Our messengers تَتْرَى In succession, consecutively, one after the other. كُلَّمَا Each time, جَاءَ أُمَّةً It came to a nation. رَسُولُهَا Its messenger. Every time the messenger of a nation came to the nation, what was the reaction of that nation? كَذَّبُوهُ They rejected him. They denied him. This happened with every nation. Look at the people of Nuh What did they do to their prophet? Look at the people of Ad. Look at the people of Thamud. Right? The people of Lut And then later on you look at Bani Israel. What did they do with their messengers? كَذَّبُوهُ They rejected him. فَأَتْبَعْنَا So we followed. بَعْضَهُمْ Some of them. بَعْضًا Others. We made some follow others. Meaning one after the other, they left. One after the other, those nations, they left. In other words, they were punished. The people of Nuh were sent a messenger. They rejected their messenger. They were finished. What happened? New nation, people of Ad. They rejected their messenger. They were finished. What happened? Next nation, they rejected their messenger. They were finished. فَأَتْبَعْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ بَعْضًا وَجَعَلْنَاهُمْ And we made them ahadith narrations. The people, these great civilizations, these great nations, what did they turn into? Just a hadith. A hadith is a plural of hadith. What is hadith? Speech. Useful information. Right? So today, they're just stories. They're just people that are spoken of. Or a hadith can also be understood as plural of uhdutha. Uhdutha is a story, a tale. That is narrated for the purpose of ta'ajjub, for the purpose of, you know, amazement, like to amaze people, or to, or for the purpose of entertainment. So in other words, those people are gone, and their stories remain. They're just spoken of today. They're just stories. فَبُعْدًا لِقَوْمٍ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ So away with the people who do not believe. Meaning such people have no worth. They have no value. They're just stories. That's it. Some of these stories, most parts of the story are even unknown. People don't even know the full story. We assume that such happened, perhaps that happened. Oh no, this didn't happen. Allahu alam what happened. We can never really know what happened. Right? Just stories. So here, we need to think about ourselves. What am I doing? What mark am I leaving? What am I producing? What am I saving for my akhirah? Because I am not staying here forever. I will go. What story am I leaving behind? What legacy am I leaving behind? Do I have any worth in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? In the Quran, Allah says, وَكَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا مِنَ الْقُرُونِ مِنْ بَعْدِ نُوحِ How many a generation have we destroyed after Nuh salam? So many people came and went. We have come and we will also go. What are we doing now that will matter in the hereafter? 
Then we sent Musa, Musa alayhi salam, wa akhahu and his brother Harun, Harun. Biayatina with our signs, meaning miracles. Wasultanim mubin and a clear authority. Fast forward, future. Right? Musa and Harun. Now they're being sent to Fir'aun. With what? Ayat, miracles. And Musa was given many miracles. And also Sultanim Mubin. What is Sultanim Mubin? Sultan, authority. Alright? And here it refers to the decisive proofs, the arguments, the evidences that Musa presented to Fir'aun when Fir'aun refused, when Fir'aun argued with him. And we have read them previously. That how when Musa he spoke to Fir'aun, Fir'aun rejected, he came up with one excuse after the other. Right? He tried to divert the discussion. Right? But what happened? Musa he gave him proof after proof. Sultanim Mubin. Ila Fir'auna to Fir'aun wa mala'ihi and his mala. Meaning Musa was sent not just to the Bani Israel but also to Fir'aun and his establishment, his people, his elite. But what was the reaction? Fastakbaru. But they were arrogant. Arrogant towards the messenger. Arrogant towards the truth. They belittled it. What is arrogance? Arrogance is Batarul Haq nas. It is to reject the truth and belittle people. Reject the truth that is informed of and reject the people, belittle the people who are conveying that truth. You understand? Because truth is conveyed by who? By an individual, right? By people. So arrogance is to reject the truth. No, no, this is not true. And belittle the people, meaning the people who are conveying that truth. Who are you to say this? What do you know? You have no value. So فَاسْتَكْبَرُوا They were arrogant. وَكَانُوا قَوْمًا عَالِينَ And they were a nation that were عَالِينَ عَالِينَ is the plural of عَالٍ عَالٍ عَالِي Alright? Who is عَالٍ? One who has عُلُو What is عُلُو? Highness. To be high. Alright? To have a higher level. To have a high status. So they were people who were high. Who were great. Who was? Who was? Look at the ayah. Who was? Which nation is being spoken of? The people of Fir'aun. Allah says they were qawman alin. How were they alin? Think about it. The people of Fir'aun, how were they high? In what way were they high? Okay. Yes, they were proud. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us a fact over here. That they were an exalted, a high nation, a great nation. In what terms were they great? Okay. In terms of wealth? In terms of power? I mean, look at the wealth that the people of Fir'aun had. If you look at any of those pictures and images, what do you see? Gold everywhere. Right? Arms are full with gold and hair even has gold and crowns and you know clothes. So much gold. And if they had so much gold that they made idols from it, right? Then what does that show? They were really, really, really wealthy. Okay, so in terms of wealth then? Okay, in terms of resources. So not just their gold, but in every way. So the lands... The agriculture, you know, overall the economy was thriving. Okay? Exactly. They had an entire nation beneath them. 
they owned Bani Israel. They had enslaved Bani Israel. They had an entire nation in their service. So imagine, in Egypt at that time, there were two nations that lived. One was of the Qipt, the Ahlul Qipt, meaning the people of Fir'aun. Alright? And the other were who? The Bani Israel. Who were the original people, the Egyptians, the people of Fir'aun? They were masters. They were business owners, or they were, you know, owners of houses and lands and properties. And who were Bani Israel? Their servants. Servant class. So, وَكَانُوا قَوْمًا عَالِينَ They were a great people in worldly terms. Their forces, their armies. Remember that when Fir'aun followed the Bani Israel up to the sea, right? Who did he take along with him? Who? Armies. His forces. And then their great civilization, their culture. And because of all of this, they were proud. So, وَكَانُوا قَوْمًا عَالِينَ They were a great nation in terms of arrogance also. They thought really highly of themselves. And when a person thinks that he is better than the other, he has more than the other. I have more education, more money, I have a better car, I have a better this, I have a better this. Then what happens? He begins to look down on others. And this is exactly what the people of Fir'aun did. فَقَالُوا So they said, أَنُؤْمِنُوا لِبَشَرَيْنِ Should we believe in two men, مِثْلِنَا that are like us? Why should we believe in two human beings? وَقَوْمُهُمَا While their nation, meaning of Musa and Harun, their nation, لَنَا for us عَابِدُون Servants. They're a slave nation. They're our servants. Why should we listen to them? How can we listen to them? How can we accept them? You see, someone who doesn't want to believe, he will come up with one excuse or another. The people of Makkah said something similar. Right? They called the Prophet ﷺ the son of Abu Kabshah. You know, it was basically a title they used to belittle the Prophet ﷺ. He is an orphan. What does he have? They forgot about his lineage. They forgot about his nobility in their society. They forgot about the fact that when they had a dispute as to who should place the stone, the black stone in the Kaaba, right, in the reconstruction of the Kaaba, he is the one who did it. And they were all happy with the decision that he made. But what happened when he declared prophethood? They belittled him. So much so that when the Prophet ﷺ went to Al-Ta'if and he spoke to the elders over there, the chiefs over there, one of them, he said to Rasulullah ﷺ that, you know what, I can't even talk to you. Because if you are a prophet, you're too great to be spoken to. He's mocking at the Prophet ﷺ. And if you're a liar, you're so you know, beneath me that I should not even look at you. I should not even address you. So this was his arrogance. Likewise we see that some people they said, if Allah really had to send a messenger, why would he choose Muhammad ﷺ? Why not a great man from one of the two cities? Meaning someone who's greater than the Prophet ﷺ in his worldly position, in his status. So for example, a person like Walid, you know, someone who has so much money and so many children because he had ten sons. And having ten sons was like a, wow, right? So much money, he has power, he has influence. Why not him as a prophet? They belittled the Prophet ﷺ. Fir'aun did the exact same thing. He said, why should we believe in him? وَقَوْمُهُمَا لَنَا عَابِدُونَ You see, the thing is that when someone is telling us something, 
right? Yes, we should consider the very person who is talking to us. Who is he? What authority does he have to tell us? Where did he get this information from? What is his character and manner like? That matters. But more than that, what matters is what he is saying. The content. What is he saying? What message is he giving? Because many times we get stuck in the fact that, oh, my mother is saying this, it's biased. You know, anything my mom says, not fair. Or anything this particular individual says, not right. I don't agree with them, so I'm not even going to bother listening to them. Right? Or for instance, this particular individual, non-Muslim. Don't even listen to them. No. Analyze. Analyze what they're saying. Focus more on the message than the person who is conveying the message. In delivering a message or trying to tell someone something or trying to persuade someone something, it's really important who the messenger is and what the message is as well. If we think about, like the message itself is the message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so there's no doubt in it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also chose the perfect people for the messengers. Because Musa alayhi salam and Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, like they were both high members in their society. Musa alayhi salam was accepted not only by the people of Fir'aun because he grew up there, and so they knew him originally, they knew who he was, and they, until he left, they cared for him as well. But And he was also cared for by the Bani Israel because he was one of them. So Musa salam was the perfect messenger for them. But despite that, the people of Fir'aun became arrogant and they looked down on him for that. Yes. وَقَوْمُهُمَا لَنَا And sometimes we also do this, that we won't hear somebody listen to them because they have an accent, right? Or because they're from a particular country. Or because they're from a particular background. We won't even give any importance to them. No. Look at what they're saying. What message are they giving? This, this is pride. This is arrogance that is preventing us from haq. That is preventing us from khair. فَكَذَّبُوهُمَا So they rejected them. فَكَانُوا مِنَ الْمُهْلَكِينَ So they became of those who were destroyed. They were destroyed. Who was destroyed? Those who rejected. دَعَالِينَ They became muhlakin. Those who were really high became those who were nothing. Why? Because of their rejection. So their status from Alin became Khasirin. They were exalted and now they became losers. وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابِ And certainly we gave to Musa the book, the scripture. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَهْتَدُونَ So that they would obtain guidance. Who would obtain guidance? When was the scripture given? After the destruction of Fir'aun. So now Musa salam is with who? Bani Israel. So who would obtain guidance from the scripture? Who? Bani Israel. What do we see here? that the slave nation now became the most liberated. How did that liberation come? By leaving servitude to the creation. Because who were they before? قَوْمُهُمَا لَنَا عَابِدُونَ They were servants, they were slaves to Fir'aun. Right? When that bond was broken, servitude to the creation, then the Bani Israel they became the most liberated ones. Because now they were servants of who? Allah alone. This is liberation. This is true freedom. The Bani Israel were born Muslim. Right? But they still needed ilm. They still needed guidance. And for that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Torah. Allah gave the kitab. What does that teach us? That just because we're born into a Muslim family... Just because we have been raised as Muslims doesn't make us free of need of the ilm of the deen, the knowledge of the deen. We are still in need. 
This is why Allah gave the book. And then we see that Fir'aun and his people, they never knew the book. Because the book was sent when? When was it sent? After Fir'aun was destroyed, right? So Fir'aun never knew the Torah. The Torah was not given to Fir'aun. And Fir'aun was punished. Not because of the rejection of the Torah, but because of the rejection of the messenger. He rejected the messenger. He rejected what the messenger said. Because you see, sometimes people say, oh, just believe in the Qur'an. No need for hadith. So what if the Prophet ﷺ said something? So what if he did something? That was his life. That has nothing to do with us. No, it has everything to do with us. We have to believe in what the messenger brought. Everything that he brought. Whether it is from the scripture, or it is not from the scripture. وَجَعَلْنَا And we made Ibn Maryam, the son of Maryam. Who was the son of Maryam? Isa salam. وَأُمَّهُ And his mother. Who was his mother? Maryam. Who was his mother? Maryam was, right? But look at how it's mentioned. We made the son of Maryam and his mother. It's as if she's being honored. Right? Because of the fact that she was his mother. So we made both of them ayatan a sign. A miracle. How? That Isa who was he? A son who had no father. And who was Maryam? A mother who had no husband. Who had no partner. You understand? So both of them were a sign. She was a virgin mother. And who was he? A fatherless son. وَآوَيْنَاهُمَا And we sheltered both of them. أَوَيْنَاهُمَا Both of them. Huma, Meaning mother and son. And أَوَيْنَا From the root letters, Hamza Wawiya. Awa is to give shelter, to provide a lodging, to give a home to someone. A place where they can stay. So Allah gave a place to both of them to stay in. Where? إِلَى رَبْوَةٍ To a rabwa. Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made both of them live, stay, meaning He gave them shelter, protection, home, lodging at a rabwa. What is rabwa? A high ground. Right? From the root letters raba wow. Makan, murtafi' A place that is high. So a hilly area maybe, maybe some mountain or valley or something like that, a high place. And this place was ذَاتِ qararin first of all, and secondly, وَمَعِينَ ذَاتِ qarar. Qarar. what does qarar mean? Stability, to stay, right? So ذَاتِ qarar, even though it was a high place, somewhere in the hills, but it was a place that was firm, meaning it wasn't, Steep. Have you ever walked through mountains or hilly areas? Ever? How is it? Your feet are constantly hurting. Why? Because the land is not smooth. You know when you go hiking or something, now you have trails that are perfectly smooth. Right? But imagine you're literally in the wilderness, okay? How is it going to be? Sometimes you're going up, sometimes going down, sometimes sideways, sometimes right, sometimes left. You can't walk straight. You feel exhausted after just a kilometer of walking. Yes. I mean, there's rubble, there's stones. Some places are wet, so very easy to trip, very easy to slip. Right? But this place, how was it? ذَاتِ قَرَارِ It wasn't steep. It was comfortable. And ذَاتِ قَرَارِ Meaning it was a place where one could stay. A place where they could stay. 
وَمَعِين مَعِين Flowing water. From the root letters ميم عين نون معنا معنا means to flow gently. To flow gently. So water that is flowing. Gently. Running water. And it is also said that the word معين is from the root letters عين يا نون from عين. And what does عين mean? A spring. Right? Meaning a source of water. Or also, if you think about it, معين is that which can be seen by the eye. Meaning water that was flowing on ground, not beneath, not hidden, on the surface. So in other words, it was a place that was easy to stay at, to live on. It wasn't uncomfortable. There was fresh water. There was access to fresh water sources. All right, And this water was visible, meaning very easy to find, not difficult, over ground. So this is where the mother and the son stayed. If you look at the theme of these verses, what do we see? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent messengers, the messengers were rejected. They called upon Allah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected them. Nuh alayhi salam, what happened to him? Allah said, make the ship. Right? His shelter was where? In the ship. Then what happened? Qud alayhi salam, he was also taken away from his nation, and then his nation was destroyed. Then we see Musa and Harun, What happened with them? They left with the Bani Israel, crossed the sea, alright? Their shelter came how? Their protection came how? When they were made to cross the sea. And then Fir'aun and his people were destroyed. Isa a.s. was rejected by his people. He was also protected. How? It is said that before Isa a.s. birth, remember that Maryam, فَاتَّخُذَتْ مِنْ أَهْلِهَا مَكَانًا شَرْقِيًا She moved away from her people. Right? She went to a separate place. And so before Isa salam's birth, Maryam withdrew to this place that had running water, a peaceful area. All right? It was a land that was habitable. All right? And remember in the verses that we learned in Surah Maryam where Maryam gave birth, what happened? She was told, قَدْ جَعَلَ رَبُّكِ تَحْتَكِ سَرِيَّةً Your Lord has made beneath you a stream. Meaning there is water here. Drink that water. كُلِي وَاشْرَبِي So this happened before the birth of Isa a.s. And some say that it happened after the birth of Isa a.s. Meaning when he was a prophet, and his people rejected him, and they were trying to kill him. So Maryam took her back to this place, away from the Bani Israel, where they could not find him. Alright? And then here it was that he was lifted up to the sky. So, What's the message here? That when a person does something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then who is his protector? Allah is his protector. When every door seems closed, when you don't know where to go, you feel trapped, who will make a way out from where you cannot even imagine? Allah will. Allah responded to Nuh. He responded to Hud. He responded to Musa and Harun. And He also protected Maryam and her son. And in this is... A hope for the Prophet ﷺ and his companions that don't worry, Allah will create an exit for you. And it happened. Because you see, when the Prophet ﷺ didn't see any positive reaction from the people of Makkah, he went to Ta'if in hopes that maybe they will believe. But the reaction was far worse. Right? It was something that the Prophet ﷺ did not expect at all. They rejected him, they abused him, they chased him out of the city, chased him out. So what happened then? Did Allah make a way out? 
Yes, he did. The Prophet ﷺ, he was in Mina. It was Hajj season. And he saw a group of people. It is said there were only six people. Alright? And these people were, had camped somewhere and they did not even have a tent. So what does that show? They were extremely poor. Alright? The Prophet ﷺ asked them, Manil Qaum, Who are you? What nation is this? What tribe is this? And they said, We are from Yathrib. We are from Yathrib. The Prophet ﷺ said, You are Khazraj from Yathrib, who are neighbors with the Yahud? They said, Yes. So the Prophet ﷺ asked them, Would you sit for a few minutes? I'd like to talk to you. And they said, Sure. The Prophet ﷺ sat with them and he recited Quran to them, told them about the basic teachings of Islam. And those six people accepted Islam. Next year at Hajj, they returned. This time it wasn't six of them. It was twelve of them. Twelve of them. They came and they accepted Islam at the hands of the Prophet ﷺ. There was a formal conversion. And then what happened? They made a pledge with the Prophet ﷺ that they will not associate any partners with Allah, not do any qatl, zina. They will abstain from all of these sins. And this is known as the first pledge of aqaba. Now what happened? These 12 people, they returned. Next year they come again. How many of them? How many people came for the second pledge of Aqaba? Over 70. See how the numbers is multiplied? 6, 12, now over 70. All of them pledged allegiance. Of them were also women. Now they went back to Yathrib. And the Prophet ﷺ sent Mus'ab ibn anhu with them to teach them the Qur'an. Following year, they come back again. And how many were they? Hundreds. Hundreds and hundreds of people had embraced Islam. And they decided they were not going to leave the Prophet ﷺ in Mecca. They insisted that he should come with them. He should come to them. So what happened? At the end of the year, it was with Hijjah, right? The pledge was made. Next month, Muharram, the Prophet ﷺ told the Muslims, go. Go do Hijrah to Medina, to Yathrib. They all did Hijrah. And Safar, the Prophet ﷺ also left for Yathrib. Allah made a way out. Allah made a way out. Because this is His promise. The one who strives in Allah's way, Allah will not abandon him. Allah will protect him. Allah will save him. But you have to take the first step. You have to try your best. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. ثم أرسلنا رسلنا تترى كلما جاء أمة رسولها كذبوه فأتبعنا بعضهم بعضا وجعلناهم أحاديث فبعدا لقوم لا يؤمنون ثم أَرْسَلْنَا مُوسَى وَأَخَاهُ هَارُونَ بِآيَاتِنَا وَسُلْطَانٍ مُبِينٍ إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ وَمَلَئِهِ فَاسْتَكْبَرُوا وَكَانُوا قَوْمًا عَالِينَ فَقَالُوا أَنُؤْمِنُ لِبَشَرَيْنِ مِثْلِنَا وَقَوْمُهُمَا لَنَا عَابِدُونَ فَكَذَّبُوهُمَا فَكَانُوا مِنَ الْمُهْلَكِينَ 
وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى الْكِتَابَ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَهْتَدُونَ وَجَعَلْنَا ابْنَ مَرْيَمَ وَأُمَّهُ آيَةً وَآوَيْنَاهُمَا إِلَى رَبْوَةٍ ذَاتِ Subhanak Allahu wa bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh